the presence of the Lord, there's a bunch of sadness, a bunch of despair, a lot of anger, a lot of critical people. <laughs> no, no, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Amen. Peace forevermore. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, uh, I'll begin again, <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, what dropped into my heart was, uh, had to do with uh, the Lord's preparation and the Lord's uh, readiness um, for us and for whatever He's doing and for uh, our lives. Uh, he's never been caught off guard unprepared, and all of a sudden we showed up and he wasn't expecting us. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, he's he's uh, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, he's called Jehovah Jireh. Remember that by Abraham, uh, which is, uh, means the Lord our provider, or literally the one who sees ahead. The Lord who sees. Okay, in other words, he looks ahead to provide, to make provision. We do that to the best of our ability. If we're going on a trip, we get the snacks, get the clothes, get everything ready for the trip, right? We make preparations. We, we provide for our future. And uh, he's able to see with absolute uh, perfection all that's needed, all that will ever be needed, and make provision for us. So, so, that, so no one has showed up to this time in life Seeking, the, seeking God, now, there are people that aren't seeking God, I understand that, but no one who seeks the will of God uh, is going to find that, that he's unprepared for your arrival. He's already, he's already made arrangements so you would know what you need to know, or at least have access to it. You'd have all the money you would need to, to have to live and, and not just survive, but to thrive. And, and you would have a, uh, that, that the relationships that were necessary would be there and divine appointments would be set up and opportunities to, uh, you know, do what you need to do and use your gifting and, and uh, fulfill your calling in life and, and everything's set up. It was already arranged. Amen. There's already plenty of healing. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of joy. There's plenty of laughter. There's plenty of peace. There's plenty of victory. For you. It's not like if someone else gets happy, you can't. There's enough spiritual joy to go around for all of us. Amen. Now, now that doesn't mean the Lord says, say, well, not everybody's healed and not everybody's happy and not everybody has, has enough money. And Well, the, the Lord is not preparing or making a preparation for someone who goes the wrong way. I mean, if we were to say, you know, this is the Lord's path, this is the Lord's will, this is those who seek the ways of the world or of the flesh, he didn't provide anything down that path. Why would he bother making preparation for someone to go away from him? So, I mean, that's always a good question. But if we're seeking the Lord, we can, be, we can rest assured everything's going to be okay. There's enough for, him, for us when we walk in his way. But the way of the transgressor is hard. You know, that's one of the first things. I mean, not always, but, you know, when someone says life is hard, well, the, the way of the transgressor is hard. What are you doing? 
you know, I have to at least ask because that's what the scripture says. You know, well, I'm out. I'm lacking. I don't have enough. Where are you going? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you, are you following? Are you, are you implanting his word into your soul? You know, uh, uh, are, are, are you putting his word in? Are you seeking after him intentionally and following his plan for your life? Because if not, then it's, well, then I can understand it. I don't, understand, I don't know all the answers to all the questions at all times for everybody, but I do know this. If you're not seeking the Lord, why would you have any expectation of his provision? Why would you have any expectation for things to go well? I mean, he loves you, but you're just on the wrong path. <laughs> Amen. When, when, uh, when that word was revealed in Genesis uh, to Abraham, when he had, without going through the whole story, some of you know it, when he said, you know, sacrifice your son, Isaac. And uh, that was quite the interesting command. So he goes up to obey, and once, once the, you know, the angel there stops him and says, stop, Abraham, or the Lord says, stop, I now know that you're, you know, faithful in, in everything. You're obedient. Uh, when all that was done and Isaac was spared, of course, uh, he looked up and saw a ram in the thicket, which would be then the sacrifice of worship to God, a ram in the thicket. That's when he said, he is the Lord who sees. So uh, anyway, long story, but they traveled for days to get to that place. And this whole time, Mr. Ram is crawling around the mountains, you know, with his, <laughs> however those go, I don't know, backwards? Yeah, they go the other way, don't they? This is Buffalo, Totonka, right? <laughs> Tonka. Sorry, dances with wolves. The, the Ram goes the other way. What, you don't speak that language? <laughs> Chumani Totonka Owuchi? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, the ram was caught in the thicket. What was that ram doing three days earlier? I mean, how, how was it, how did it know to be in that thicket right at the right time? Well, I doubt the ram knew a whole lot, but the Lord knew. He was the provider, which means we know at least days in advance and really, you could go even further because the ram was born to mom and pop ram. They had baby ram. Baby ram grew up, had to be in the right part of the country. And, every, you know, just a lot of things had to come together. But the, the whole thing was a part of God's plan. Why? Because Abraham was going to obey. He's going to need a sacrifice. And so it's going all around and things are being arranged. How many think the Lord still does that? Or was that just a one-off? The Lord did that one time. And now everything's chance. <laughs> we hope things will work out. I just, no, no, no. The Lord's still doing that. He's still arranging rams. He's still, and what does that look like? Well, relationships, opportunities, jobs, finances, people, provision, anointing, you know, ministers with anointing and words from heaven. And all, he's arranging it all. There are things we're going to do in, in a couple of years, and the Lord's already arranging it now. He's already working it out. There's things happening behind the scenes and stuff being set up so things will come together. This is why we can trust Him. 
In the, in the unknown, we trust his character that we do know. It's going to be fine. So how can I know for sure? You base it on his character. The only part we do is follow him. We say, I'm going to serve the Lord all my life. Because if I, I mean, if I sh- shut him out and say, Lord, we're not talking anymore. <laughs> I'm going off into the ways of the world. Well, that would be the exception. You, I don't know what's going to happen for you. Your ram might not be there because you're just, you're on the wrong mountain. The ram was over there on that other mountain. That's where you were supposed to be. So outside of that, you're not going to do that, are you? I mean, who's going to do that? You're just going to run away from God for the the next couple of years, just do the worst things you can, live in the world, live like, live in sin, live in the, I didn't see one hand. I didn't see one volunteer. (laughs) And I imagine we, in this size of a crowd, we could have at least one smart aleck that would lift lift their hand, but we didn't have any. (laughs) We're going to serve the Lord. Okay, so the Lord's plans are being set up for you to win, for you to succeed. You'll have enough money. You'll have enough time. You'll have enough resources. Yeah. You know, I mean, your car that you're driving right now, it's going to wear out. In a little while, you're going to need another one. What do I need? Are you saying I should get a Dodge Ram? No, I, <laughs> no, I don't know that. <laughs> But if you do, your ram, my horn's going the right way, your ram, is, it's being arranged already, Amen. whether it's a new one and they're designing it right now, coming off the, the plant, or whether it's someone else is driving it and they're going to take good care of it because you're going to have it in a couple years. Amen. It's just a, pa- I say passive, but it's a, it's a rest, a trust in God. You might not be actively believing for your new Dodge Ram, <laughs> Right? But in a, in, a, in a restful way, because you don't even think about it. I don't think about everything I'm going to need in a couple of years. I don't even know. But as a, there should be a rest. And when we think about it, I thank you, Lord, that next year is going to be a good year. My needs are going to be met. My bills will be paid. I'll be well supplied. I'll be healthy. I'll have enough food. I'll have enough joy. I'll have enough peace. I'll have enough relationships. I'm going to know what to do. My prayer life's going to get better. My, I'm going to worship you like never before. I'm going to... Anything you can think of. Let your mind go and then just say, Lord, it's all going to be good because you're ready. You're ready for me. Amen. Amen. So if someone says, well, I need help right now, your ram might be in the parking lot. So stop worrying. I think the Lord wants me to do whatever he wants. You feel like he's leading you to do, but I don't know how that's going to work out. So Abraham didn't know the ram would be in the thicket. We know he's got it figured out. We can trust him. Hallelujah. Amen. I already prophesied a little bit. I forget what it was. It was something around this because I was listening. I was listening as it was coming out. But I feel like I can prophesy more. Meaning this, meaning just saying it. It's going to be fine. You're going to be supplied. You're going to be ready to go. You're going to be good. You're going to, everything's going to be taken care of. Amen. That's what the Lord is saying. So receive. And just agree and rest. It's going to work out. 
I don't know the specifics of your situation. Maybe I'll know. Maybe the Lord will show me, but you know. There's probably a lot of different ones. That's why sometimes a general word is good. Specific word might mean we minister to one person, but the principle works for a bunch. And I've found that many times in, in, with the, at least the way God uses me. Uh, sometimes he'll give me words for individuals, uh, and, and he way and will. And, uh, and sometimes he, he gives me words, and it's just interesting. I'm thinking, Lord, why don't you be more specific? And it's because it fits like 100 people at once. And it really does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So maybe, I don't know, maybe you should prophesy too. I don't know if I can do that. You can use mine. <laughs> what the Lord gave me and say it about yourself. And say, I prophesy everything's going to be fine. I will be well supplied. My needs will be met in abundance to the full till they overflow. I will live in God's blessing. My future is set. He's already prepared a way for me. Amen. Now what do I do? You do what you know to do, and you don't do what you don't know to do. Yeah? Just walk with God. Go home. Go to work. Go do what you do. And listen to him. And if you're, if you're being, if you're getting off track, he's with you, he's in you, and he's got the ram over there, he's definitely going to lead you to it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord. Well, that was that. Now there's another part. Let me see if I should do that. Everybody okay? You're not worn out from last week, are you? Thank you, Lord. Didn't we have a good time last week? And that was so God and so awesome. But I tell you, even though, you know, and I love to have, I love when every seat's full all the time. But tonight is no less. This is no less of a move of God than we had in our, in our big meetings. You know that? I wish everyone knew that. Seriously. God's working here. He is moving right here, right now. And we have the privilege of being a part of it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Or I can do what Brother Hankins does. <laughs> I think he's funny. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God is good, amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to go too fast. What are you doing? I'm just, I'm looking in here. And so I don't like to, I don't want to get away from anything, miss anything. Amen? Amen. Amen. God is good. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I've prayed for you before. Remember that one meeting? Yes, sir. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Ha. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bedakikiti bajla bravonji di baranonze mafitikishi pichelo dobo shetes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I thank you for people. Something about people. Something about people. The Lord's leading you to, to meet with, to connect with the right people. It's His design, it's His plan. They're a part of His plan for your life. 
And you'll have to know that. You'll know that. You'll recognize that on the inside. When you meet someone and there's a God element to that meeting, you'll know right on the inside, this is spirit-inspired. This is spirit-led. This is something that's a part of my destiny and their destiny. This is a part of God's plan. You'll see it and you'll know it, and the Lord will lead you in the middle of it. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory, Lord. Thank you for arranging divine appointments. Divine appointments. Hallelujah. Divine appointments in his life. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, uh, uh, you got a few more minutes? If you would, let me show you a scripture. Uh, it's James uh, chapter 4. Uh, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You, you know, uh, before I shift gears, <laughs> um, it's not to total shift. It's just a lane change. Uh, What's happening now in our church has been, uh, the Lord made preparation for that before too. Even before our generation or the, you know, we have, I get, you know, you say multiple generations are here, but before we ever showed up, other people were praying. You ever, you ever pray and you think, well, I never saw anything happen. I prayed in tongues for an hour. I don't even know what it's about. Well, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Uh, the Lord's been having people pray about about, I, I believe this, I'm saying this because I'm, I have a, an inward conviction about it. He's been having people pray about us and about this time for years, for many years. Many years even before we showed up. And so, yeah, we have a part to play. And some of our prayers go out in front of us as well. But they went out in front of them and they went out way in front of them. And, and we're going to walk in, and, and already are, but, and we'll furthermore walk in the fruit of their prayers. Some of, our, some of them are in heaven. Well, many of them, they're in heaven now saying, hey, I prayed about that. There it is. About time. <laughs> but it's here and it's us. And the Lord has, through their prayers, made provision, spiritual preparation. And, uh, uh, and we're walking in that. Amen. Some of the miracles will say, wow, how did that happen? How did this, how did this happen so easy? Well, someone prayed it out like, you know, 100 years ago. And we just walked in it. And the Lord's been building these things up, saving them up, building them up. So we can walk in at abundance because we're in the last days and he's coming back soon. And so we have to do a lot in a short, short amount of time. So it's going to get easier and easier yes. from that standpoint. I mean, the world may get harder, but I tell you, walking with God and flowing in the spirit and getting people saved and healed and, and walking in the blessings of God, easier and easier. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Praise God. Praise God. Um, James. James chapter 4 is what I told you. Um, and notice with me over here in verse... Verse 8, James 4, 8. It reads, draw near to God, 
and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, that's kind of a strange thing to say to Christians. So how do you know they were Christians? Because of James chapter 1 and verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. So he calls them brothers. Brethren would include sistren, right? So family. These are saved people. James is writing to, to born-again people, yet he uses totally uh, incorrect language. When I say incorrect, if you're talking about in Christ, Paul's revelation of who we are, you wouldn't refer to a saved person as a sinner, most of us know that here. Not all the church world knows that. But you're not, you're not, someone said, we're all sinners. No, that's not true. Once you get saved, you change families, you change spiritual conditions. You're now the righteousness of God in Christ. That's not the same as being a sinner. Which are you, a sinner or righteous? Well, I have a dual nature. That's, that's not. That's, that's human mentality trying to explain away why people still sin after they're saved. You don't have a dual nature once you get saved. You're totally the righteousness of God in Christ. That's your spirit. But how many know you, know, you can clean up, uh, you can clean yourself up physically and still go uh, fall in the mud? <laughs> but you, you know, you still get stuff on you. Yeah. And in, James, in his situation, James was a pastor and he's talking to his church. This letter is actually kind of tough. It's kind of a letter, he's getting on their case quite a bit. In this case, he's, he is referring not to the nature of who they are, but to their behavior. And he talks about their behavior a bunch. A bunch and, 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 and you can see, he, he says, cleanse your hand, your, what does he say? Cleanse your hands, you sinner. What, what do you mean your hands? It's what you're doing. What are you putting your, getting your hands in? Should you guys, you're, you're totally acting like a bunch of heathens here. He said, you need to go wash your hands. He didn't say you need to get your spirit born again because once you're born again, you're born again, but you can still, as a saved person, put your hands in the wrong stuff. Everybody with me? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done that, but I imagine you've all done that. <laughs> We've all done things wrong after we received Jesus. We're like, we're sanctified, we're holy, and, and you just fell in the mud. <laughs> and so what do you need to do? Clean up. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. You've been doing so. Here's what I'm talking about. And then he goes on to say, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So you can either, even though you can be saved, you receive Jesus, you can still be a, be a double-minded person. You're doing right, you're doing wrong. You're going right, you're going left. God's plan, my plan. God's plan, my plan. His righteousness, my selfishness. <laughs> you know? And, and, and people still get double-minded faith, unbelief. Faith, unbelief. I believe God. No, I wonder if it's going to happen. I believe I receive, I'm healed. I'm not sure. See, you know, double-mindedness. He said, he said, stop that. Purify your hearts. Get totally clean so you think, the, think one way, one direction. Stay, uh, stay true to one word and get your hands out of the mud. Is that a good word for all of us? Amen. That's always a good, a good word. I started off by saying by inspiration of the Lord how, how he is prepared. He is prepared for us. Is there any preparation that we should do? Yeah, I mean, the most important thing and the very first step, of course, is to receive eternal life and then your, your sins are washed away, no doubt. But sometimes, like I've said, and some of us can relate to, even after salvation, we get mixed up in stuff and we need some encouragement. We need a kick in the rear and says, come on, get out of the mud. You're the righteousness of God. Righteous people shouldn't play in the mud. 
right? And so sometimes we need that, that, that prompting, that urging. We need to get out of that place because he's prepared. He's ready for us, but we're not necessarily ready to, to receive. We're not necessarily ready to handle all he wants to send our way and do in our lives. It, it, it's kind of like if you ever have people um, over to your house, you know, you're probably going to spend some time getting ready, Right? I mean, maybe you live ready. You're ready all the time. There's never a spot in your home. But if you're like most people, things get dirty, and then they get cleaned, and then they get dirty, and then they get cleaned, and then they get taken out, and then they get put away, right? Or stuck in the garage. <laughs> but that, that's a, a, there's so, in one sense, there's a constant prep that we do through life naturally, and we do that spiritually. Now, there are definitely seasons where we're getting ready, seasons where we're making consecrations and dedications. We're saying, you know, I've been... I've been in some stuff. I've been messing around in the world. I love the Lord, but I've been playing around in the world. And I need to give me some hand sanitizer or something. <laughs> you know, I need, to, I need to knock that off. Well, would the Lord ever help you to knock that off? Yeah, he wants you to be ready for what he wants to do in your life. Okay? And if he wants to throw a bunch of good things in your life, I mean, glorious things, heaven things, they're from God, they're of him, they're of his design, and yet you're all muddy. With, with compromise and things of the world. And then you're not prepared. So he's going to tell you, come on, get cleaned up. Get that out of your life. Yeah. Now, he's not condemning you because you're loved, you're safe, but knock that off. Yeah. Cleanse your hands, purify your heart so you can be prepared for the, the increase that God wants to bring in your life. So you can be prepped for, for what he wants to accomplish. Amen. Amen. And sometimes, like I said, there's seasons of it. Uh, I, I know there's seasons of preparation. Sometimes it looks like, you know, if it's formal, like Bible college was a big season of preparation for me. It is for some of you as well. Uh, I, going to Bible college was a big prep, okay? There was lots of other prep all along the way that the Lord was helping me and doing, be sometimes when I didn't even know it, leading people into my life. They'd speak, and all of it was him getting me ready to do what he wants me to do. And then sometimes there's seasons where he wants you to set aside time, consecrate, set your side, clear your schedule, go out of your way, dedicate your t- yourself to this. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you remember, Amy, but this is your story so I can tell it. Well, I always tell it in the Bible school, so I'm probably fresh on it. So if I get it wrong, I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> but but when, 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 uh, after we went... Uh, you know, out to Chinese food that one day before we were dating. <laughs> and we went, and I got lunch special number five. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but we weren't, a, we weren't an item yet, and I, just, I had something that was like, oh, I don't know about this. Uh, I wasn't sure about it, so, I, so we never pursued from that point a relationship. And we didn't break up because we were never an item. We were just basically friends and, and so forth. And, uh, and, uh, and she went back to college, and she had told me later, later, she went back to college, she made commitments to the Lord. She wasn't going to date anyone. Nod your head if I'm telling the truth. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and she had been become, very, at that time, very disciplined in reading the Word every day. Is that right? You remember that? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> and uh, and, and see, so all, all this time, uh, that was happening. I didn't know it was happening. Um, I mean, we were friends, but she was three hours away, and, uh, and we weren't seeing each other, but there was a preparation that was happening. I don't know if she even knew it. 
I don't know what you know. You'd have to give that commentary. But the Lord was preparing her. It, it might seem like she was making those decisions to be closer to the Lord and more committed, not distracted by all those jerks. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that just focused on school and on the Lord and, and growing, growing, growing. Uh, I don't know if she knew, but the Lord was getting her ready. Why? Because what happened is just, uh, you know, what, September, October, November, December, uh, and then she came home for Christmas and dun-da-da. <laughs> when we, you know, without giving the whole story, all of a sudden we went out, we went out for her birthday and stuff, and, and, uh, and, but we weren't an item, but there was something there, and I'm checking, 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 and all of a sudden it's good. It's good. It's good. What's going on? So then what we did, um, and just, uh, is uh, the 11th of January. So then we got engaged to get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Say that backwards. <laughs> uh, but what happened was the Lord's plan, the Lord's plan, believe it's the Lord's plan, it was somewhat tied to our preparation. He was prepared and he was working, but if he was working in her, he was working in me. But if, see, I, I speculate now, but if she would have been dating all those wrong dudes, <laughs> if she'd have been just busy with school or just not drawing close to the Lord, what would I have had in me when I saw her in, in December? What, what would... Maybe we'd have gone out for her birthday and I'd have said, eh, I don't really like, I don't know if I like her. <laughs> or, you know, or just not having peace. Maybe that's what would have happened. I, I, it didn't happen, so I don't know. But I sometimes wonder if, if, if we push God's best back a little bit because we're all muddy. We're playing in the mud. We're in faith and unbelief. We've got, we got double-mindedness going on. We're committed to the Lord, and then we're not committed. And then we need to recommit our life. If you need to recommit your life, go ahead and do it. But, you know, put yourself out there where you, you can't, you know, go back. <laughs> Make decisions that are so concrete. Tell a few friends to say, I'm not going to be rededicating my life every six months, so I need you to help me. <laughs> I'm going all in with God and I'm going public with it. And if I get off track, I'm giving you the right to slap me across the face. Amen. You know, I mean, get serious about it. So you're not double-minded. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean if you ever do something wrong that you're not committed to the Lord. Doesn't mean if you make a mistake that you're not, that you're just a double-minded person. I'm not talking about that, but you know what I'm talking about. When you're, when you're all of a sudden, your, your life is going the wrong way. You're around the wrong people. They're leading you to do things and watch things and talk about things and be involved with things that you shouldn't. You're less interested in, in, in the Lord. When your friends are, are trying to talk you out of church, hey, let's go camping on Sunday. Well, I got church. Well, hey, God loves you. He, he, you can be a Christian on the lake. I'm not saying it's wrong to ever do that, but when someone's doing that all the time and all your friends are trying to pull you away from the things of God, uh, that's not a good group to hang around let alone those who are trying to get you to go to parties or things like that or compromise and things that you would watch and things that you would talk about. Uh, sometimes you just need to separate from that. That's good. Amen. <laughs> That's a scripture, actually. Let's look at that one. Second, uh, Second Corinthians. 
2 Corinthians 7, well, 6. Mm, yeah. Well, there's a bunch. I'll read it real fast. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord is Christ with Belial? Or what part has the believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It seems to me that when, when he says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, it's talking about someone else's flesh and, and someone else's spirit. Because he keeps telling you to get away from the wrong folks, get away from the wrong things. So if you're going to cleanse yourself from the wrong thing, what does that mean? Back up. You, as a righteous child of God, as a blood-washed, sanctified, holy person, get away from the mud. If you don't want to fall in, then just... Step away from it. That doesn't mean you don't love the muddy people. <laughs> we love those who live in the mud. We want to help them. But, you know, you have to make decisions uh, to where you can um, keep yourself from falling in. You know, it's like the old, the old illustration. If, if, you know, if you, if you take a person and put them, like if I took myself and put myself on a stage here and I handcuffed myself to someone and they were down there on the floor, all right? What's gonna be easier for them to pull me down on the floor or for me to pull them up here? Yeah, so, so, so that's why people make a mistake. Well, I just need to stay in relationship. Well, you do, but there, there's, a, there's a connectivity there that just shouldn't be, because they're gonna end up pulling you down. How about I stay here unconnected and say, hey, stairs? <laughs> Let me give you a hand up. You gotta, they have to be willing. You can't force someone up. Uh, Amen. Praise God. I think the Lord's helping us. See, he wants us to be ready, prepared for what he has for us. Ready. And sometimes things of the world, sometimes relationships, sometimes sin, some of these things, are, they're just holding us back, they're just slowing us down, uh, keeping us out of God's best. And we just need to clean it up. Let me show you one more. Can I show you one more? Amen. Amen. God's still here. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, it's over in the Old Testament. Um, it's, it's Second Chronicles, um, and it's chapter 12. I could probably quote, or at least quote the principle of it, but at least you'll know where it is and you can look at it, because I'm not going to read the context, really. It's just about King Jera, no, Rehoboam. Second Chronicles 12 and, and verse 14. Look at this. Is that one highlighted in your Bible? Not yet. <laughs> so it says, and he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. That's very interesting to me. Not just that he did evil. Okay, he did evil. Why do I even need to know that? I want to know why, so I don't follow in his footsteps. He did evil because 
he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Now think about seeking the Lord requires preparation. In other words, if I'm going to seek the Lord today, and if I'm going to seek the Lord tomorrow, if I'm going to be seeking the Lord a year from now, I need to put in place activities that are intentional by me. Watch. No one who does evil or walks away from God's plan, walks or turns their back on the things of God, no true Christian does that, you know, where they planned it. One day, I just love the Lord. Let's sing it again. I just love the Lord. I worship Him. I'm, I'm bringing my tithes and my offerings and worshiping God. Uh, tomorrow, though, I'm leaving Him. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm backsliding. I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm jumping in the mud. No one's going to do that. That happens not because you prepare to fail prepare to fall, prepare to walk away from God. It happens because we don't prepare to seek the Lord. So the absence of intentional seeking of God, preparing our our lives, our hearts to live for him all of our days, to seek him with all of our hearts, the absence of that opens us up to doing the wrong thing. He didn't do evil because he decided to seek out evil things. He did evil because he didn't seek the Lord and didn't plan to do that. Amen. Sometimes when I, you know, when, when, I, when people are moving, you know, they're moving cities, states, they're relocating, and they tell me, I'm moving, I'm going to this city, going to this state, got a new job or whatever, family's there, some, some reason they're, they're moving over here. And if, if I'm having a conversation, I'll many times ask, so, so where are you going to church when you get there? Well, I just figured there'll be something. <laughs> Can I tell you, if you're a believer, you're doing things wrong. That's backwards. You don't, see, I'm not saying there won't be, there might be. But are you going to risk it? So many times people trade up for a better paying job, but they trade down their marriage. They trade down their, the spiritual condition of their children. They trade down all kinds of things because they disconnect from the God connections and the spiritual forces in their life that they need. Yeah, you got a better job. And listen, I'm all for that. Make more money, but not at the expense of being at any, even a foot further away, you know, speaking from God. No, don't, no, never, don't ever trade that. If you feel like the Lord's calling you to go to another place or provided an opportunity, check, check, double check, and find out where you're going to go to church. <laughs> go pay a visit, go there, visit, you know, ask, seek the Lord. And, you know, if it's, if it's God, it's going to be good. There'll be a, if it's really God, he's not going to lead you into a desert place so your spiritual life dries up. Amen. Amen. And if you've already done that, chill. Past is the past. Here you are today. You came to the right city. <laughs> Maybe you sought the Lord. Hopefully you did, you know. But if not, we, all of us can look back in our lives and see some things he led us to do. And we didn't know he was leading us. Yeah. 
You can see that looking back, but it's not really wisdom to base your life off that principle. I'm just going to trust that it's all going to work out. Well, when you know, pray. When you know, ask, seek, check things out. But again, Rehoboam did evil. Why did he do evil? Because he didn't prepare his heart. The Lord's prepared for us. Let's be prepared for him. Prepare to seek the Lord. Prepare. Make arrangements in your schedule. I mean, obviously I'm preaching to the, the Wednesday night beautiful choir. <laughs> but people take jobs and, uh, and they're working all the times you have church and all the times that these things are going. That's, that's questionable. You know, prepare. I'm going to make decisions in my life so I can have time to be with my family. Second, family's not first. That's a lie of the world. Family first. Nope. God first. Kingdom first. Family second. <laughs> but you make preparation for the things that are important. Prepare to seek the Lord. I'm going to take this job. I'm going to live in this place. I'm going to do these things. And I know I can thrive in my relationship with God there. Then you won't fall. Then you won't end up in the altar call. Again. <laughs> Everyone should do it once or, you know, you get saved different ways, but everyone needs to get saved. And if you need, I, don't get me wrong, there's no condemnation here. If anyone needs a wedding, you dedicate your heart, totally do it. We love you. You're accepted. You're loved. You're back. But make preparation so you don't have to do that all the time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Do it and say, Lord, it's the last time I'm doing this. I don't mean your salvation's in flux from day to day, but... Your walk with God, that's that double-mindedness that we got to shore up. Praise God. That might be enough for now. Father, thank you for working in here, working in our lives.